Well, hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me for this Shadow and Bone miniseries is my co-host, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Bridget. I'm excited to get started, but I'm so sad to see it end. I know. And we have two very, very special guests. So, Jane, why don't you tell the people about our special guests that we have for this episode? Okay, we have Jenny, who makes some awesome videos on YouTube. They're always so well thought out. She has some thoughts on Shadow and Bone that I thought would be fun to have on the show regarding a certain Mal that is different from what we've been hearing so far. Uh, and Eamon makes hilarious TikToks and is a big fan of Shadow and Bone Boys in specific. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of hers very lately, so I'm very excited to hear her thoughts on everything. Yes, thank you guys both so much for being here. We're so thrilled that you said yes. We've been trying to just like nerd out with people and just like squee over all the excitingness of having this huge fantasy series be translated to television or Netflix television as it were. So before we get too far into the episode, Amy, why don't you start with you? Like, what did you think just generally about the show? Like, how did you feel? Did it live up to your expectations? Let me hear you. So generally speaking, I loved it completely. I watched it all in one night. The second it was, (laughs) it got on Netflix. I was refreshing my like computer tab over and over again just to watch it. I watched it all the way through. And there's like, I mean, I know we're going to get into the specifics, but like overall, I loved it. I'm going to rewatch it again this weekend. Yeah, It's just, uh, it was so addictive. It was overall very well put out. Wait, so did you like start watching at like 1 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> on it, Thursday? For Friday morning? Yeah, I was waiting for like um, for midnight. It to like where <laughs> I am, it uploaded 2 a.m. So I was like, Oh, so you just pulled it all nighter. You just did yes, it. Yes. And then like the birds were chirping and I was on episode <laughs> eight. <laughs> and it was just like a whole ride. My eyes were like bloodshot. It was like, it was worth it, but. <laughs> I had to take care of myself afterwards. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I'm very impressed. (laughs) Jenny, how about you? What was your experience like? Yeah, I wasn't as hardcore as Amon to, you know, stay up all night. I was supposed to have work the next day, like the day it came out, but I took the day off because I was, you know, that dedicated. And I binged it from like 8 a.m. to later in the day. And then it's funny because I ended up like binging it again with one of my friends, like later on. So within 48 hours, I had watched it twice fully and I absolutely loved it. Like it was just a dream come true. All the characters were fantastic and just getting to see them on screen just made me so happy. So yeah, I overall just love the entire thing. Oh my God. Well, obviously have been recording episodes. So we recorded episodes one, two, and three on Friday. So we all watched in the morning and then recorded because we were like, we can't get too far ahead or we'll forget like what happens. And we wanted to like, you know, do some fan theories about what we thought would come up. And then unfortunately we had to do like back-to-backs on Monday. So we didn't get to have that like separation, but it was good. Jane, what was your, now that we've completed the whole thing, what's your whole season feel? I really think this is one of the best like YA adaptations I've honestly ever seen. And like, I don't know, it's not, you know, Oscars worthy, but like for an adaptation for fantasy, especially, and for a series that like has so many books put out, I'm just really impressed with how everything went down. And I feel like the biggest thing that I came away with is like the people who made this really loved the story and really loved the characters. And that was so validating to see as a fan. Guys, I'm right there with you. I loved it so much. When Ben Barnes was cast, I was like, thank you. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus. Bridget, 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 did you hear the story of how of Ben Barnes being cast? Oh, please tell me. This just came out. Have you guys heard about this? So Tumblr so. does fan casts, right? For and so I Instagram. <laughs> I do fan casts okay. for every YA whatever. And Ben Barnes, I honest to God forget who he was even talking about, but he is like with this guy, he turns his phone around and it's like a fan cast of him on Tumblr as the Dark Lane. And he's like, you're going to cast me, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I was like super thrilled because like you said, there's been a lot of really bad YA adaptations where they change the story for the worse and like obviously a lot of times like I come from a production background like you have to change things it's just the nature of going from one medium to the other but I thought this story really did a good job of keeping true to the feel of the crows the feel of like the sort of fantasy sweeping epic of the shadow and bone series melding those two together 
And the showrunner, I love his movies and his writing. And like Arrival was one of my favorite sci-fi movies. And yeah. so when I heard that he was running it, I was like, okay, 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 okay. And then the trailer <laughs> came out and I was like, I was like, so Jane, uh, do we have time to do a four-part miniseries in the next two <laughs> weeks and get a bunch of cool guests? And she's like, uh, yes, let's make it happen. So here we are today. I think it's time to get it popping. What do you guys think? You ready to get into it? Yeah, yes. so ready. <laughs> All right. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, so let's start with Mal and Alina. Jane, tell us what you think. Full circle. Okay, full circle. So I actually didn't read the books uh, when they came out when I was a teenager. I read them in anticipation of this series. And I did not like it <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I like I got into it uh, like halfway into the second book. And then I really actually did like the third book. But the first book was infuriating to me. I really didn't like Mal. And watching this, already with the casting uh, and the choices they were making, I was getting kind of excited for it. And for Mal is amazing. I think they did something so fantastic with Mal and Alina. I like how they cast them. Um, I like how they changed their relationship and changed their characters. So Alina in the book, she's very reserved. Part of that is like the illness from not having her magic. But one of the things that she thinks about Mal is like, Mal's always protected me. Mal has always been my home. But in this case, it's kind of switched around where she's always been the one to protect Mal. And I really liked how Mal's connection with nature was kind of translated into this gentleness he had as a kid with like the bunny, like holding the little bunny in that one episode. And I think that that gave them such a good dynamic, like her as like the resilient strong caretaker and him is like someone gentle that had to get stronger for her and like sought her out even when because in the books it's like oh Mal doesn't really like care about her doesn't show that he cares but in this it was like no Mal is after her from day one trying to be around her trying to be with her even if he doesn't understand his feelings so I'm very excited to hear what Jenny thinks so because I know that you're a Mal lover which I respect yeah so I read the book way back in high school at the end of high school so I have like a ton of nostalgia value connected to the series and I yeah absolutely loved them when I read them and kind of got sucked into them and like particular to do with Mal I had kind of read that first book and like I understand where a lot of people come from like you know you don't get to see his side of the story you don't really get to see him fighting for Alina until like the very end of that book and so for most of the book from Alina's perspective you resent him you know she's that girl who has had that one-sided crush on him for most of her life She's always felt like he's never really seen her for who she is. And then, you know, you only get that kind of resolution towards the end. And I won't go into the later books, but I personally kind of was sort of indifferent about Mal, I think, in the first time I read the series. But it was actually a couple years ago, I think in 2018, when I reread the series, that I absolutely fell in love with their relationship. I think there's something really beautiful about them, you know, growing up together and being these kind of friends to lovers. And I think that. There's so many people who are like watching the show and it's funny to me that they're like, you know, falling in love with Mel and Alina now. But for me, like having read the book multiple times now, like you can already see all of those hints of their relationship in the book. It's just you don't get to see it from Mel's perspective. So it's just that much more like harder to infer from the book. In this show, you get to see him, you know, fighting Inferta to get her the stag and, you know, come see her. But all of that is just like a single line he relays to her at the end of the book, right? So it's like a lot different. And I think that Archie plays Mal incredibly. He brought such life to that character. And I think he- I like that you call him by his first name, (laughs) Archie. As if we're best My homeboy, Archie, you know? (laughs) Welcome to my life, Archie King. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but I think he brings such heart to the character. And just like you fall for his like, you know, sweet little sunshine eyes. And there's just like so much that, the show is able to convey just because of its medium that you don't really get in the books without having Mal's perspective. So I think in that way, like I'm always a defender of Mal and Alina from the books. I think there's still that foundation there in the books and I've always loved them from way back then. Amy, what was your favorite scene of them on like screen that came out? Or your favorites. You don't have to choose one. We've got time. (laughs) I really liked the scenes when they were in the woods fighting the stag. I felt like in the books, the chemistry around those scenes wasn't so much or as vivid. In the show, 
I feel like it was more real and more raw. I really liked their chemistry. I wasn't the biggest Mal fan. I didn't hate him or love him. I just thought he was just kind of boring. And that is like too apart because it's told through Alina's point of view. And we are only seeing this through her eyes and what she feels and what she's going through. So I just didn't really have that big of a connection with him and even some other characters in the books simply because it was told through her perspective. But I think the show did a great job of connecting those pieces that were missing in connections to like the characters that like the fans aren't the biggest fan of or we don't really vibe with them. But I like Jenny said, Archie is great. I loved him. I now I'm like a Melina stan at this point. <laughs> like we're all switching up at this point. <laughs> and I think the show really did a great job of just showing their relationship. And it was just so wholesome, especially like those scenes when they were younger in the orphanage. It was so beautifully done. Just like the lighting, literally the costumes, every single bit of it. It was just like, oh, it was so good. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, it was all filmed at like the golden hour of filming. And so like everything yes. is just so just warm. It just feels like yeah, such a nice, nice hug. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. The yearning like on Mal's end, because you never really get that, like Jenny said, like in the books, you just kind of sum it up at the end. But the yearning for him like killed me. And I have three specific scenes. It's the first is when he runs after her when she's being taken away in the carriage. Yeah, when I saw her <laughs> in the trailer, I almost like here. <laughs> well, like yeah. now, like in the show, seeing that he's like limping and injured and he's still running after her and she's like, Mal, he's like, Alina, crying. Then the other thing I liked was I really, really liked seeing Mal's point of view. And I liked the change that they made where the Darkling doesn't send a team of trackers. Mal is like, I know how to get to Alina now. I'm going to go after the stag because he sees the drawing and recognizes it. Also, I think what built his character up was seeing his relationship with his friends, which we didn't see in the books. And for some reason, they kind of make the friends seem like douchebags in the book before they die. Yeah. So it's I like, who cares if so they're little dead. of them? Yeah. Yeah, you see, so and yeah, also they're like weird around Alina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this, they like have personalities and they're very like, they're very British. So it's like a little chuckle. It gives you a chuckle. And the fact that they are so willing and so brave to like follow them out and their friendship is so tight. So seeing them die, and I knew, like in my notes, I was like, this is going to suck to see them die. In the book, I was like, oh, it's so sad now. Like, that's really sad. But in this, it was like, no, that is sad. And he went through all of that for Alina and he never once blames her for it either because he's like, He's willing to do it. And his little internal monologue saying, like, I now know how to find you. It's like, ah. And then the third one is when the flashback, this is living in my mind, rent-free, is the flashback where he's feeling lonely and isolated in the army because there's, like, racist crap everywhere. So he goes and seeks out Alina to find her because they're, like, each other's homes. And he finds out she's in the brig for mouthing off at a at one of the military dudes. So he's like, where is he? And goes to find him. And it's like, are you the guy? And he's like, yeah. Just, like, boom, punches him in the face. Ends up in the brig. And when she wakes up and is like, oh, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, same as usual. And then they like show each other the scars and she's like, we match. And the look on his face, the look on his face. He looks at her so tenderly. That's all I have to say. I, dude, first of all, thank you, Jane. I appreciate you taking us through the emotions because <laughs> I am feeling them all again, newly. I love the way that he looks at her when she's not looking. I think the actor did a really good job. So a lot of times- if you watch TVs and movies, like you're focused on whoever is talking, but the best actors are the ones that when they're not talking, they're still talking and doing something in the scene. And he is always like looking at her. And one big change for me for his character was that he doesn't accept Alina for who she is and is growing into until book three, really. And like towards the end of book three. And I liked in this one that he immediately accepts who she is they clear up their miscommunication about like well I sent you letters and you didn't write me and he's like I sent you letters you didn't write me and they're like oh okay and they hug and that's it and I was like (laughs) oh my god so refreshing how wonderful they just trust each other and believe each other (laughs) what a wonderful thing and then later when she says something about like well the darkling he's like I don't care doesn't matter to me like I don't need an explanation like it's I like I thought those scenes were so, and it could just be the times. I mean, this book was published in like 2010 or something like that Mm -hmm. compared to now. So it could just be like the evolution of 
of sort of consent and and jealousy and everything. But I thought that that really showed how like stalwart he is. And my hope is that going forward in future seasons, that's right, Netflix, you better get on this uh, <laughs> green lighting process. My hope is that he will continue to stay on this track of character and not slide into like, I think it's like book two when he like gets real whiny about the fact that she's getting super powerful. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, she is. So like, that's still her though. Like, come on now, come on. You could still be yeah. her her best buddy and her lover. She's a badass bitch. Like, so that's my hope anyways. Speaking of Alina Ships. I know, Eamon, that you also love Ben Barnes, as I do. I do. I do. (laughs) Let us please talk about the sweet, sweet brown-eyed boy that is Ben Barnes. You know what I want to know, though, is do you like his facial hair in the show? Because I have opinions. I, it does make him look older. Mm -hmm. And in the books, I imagine the Darkling and Alina, because like she says, like, he only looks a few years older than me but here uh, like in the show they're obviously all older and and more mature looking and like I do like it those like flashback scenes before he was the quote-unquote darkling and mm-hmm. like the fold was made and he didn't have that facial hair he looks so young. Oh, young and I mean I don't mind it I feel like it makes him more it looks it makes him more brooding so mm-hmm. like I like it it's like not him. like I don't like a lot of facial hair on a person but it's like pretty there's it's working not for much. you yeah it's working for me <laughs> <laughs> what about you Jenny is it working for you oh definitely. she's nodding and smiling yeah, so yeah. I think <laughs> no I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, facial hair but yeah I think like also kind of adds to his character I think there's something a little strange about having like this character who's like very timeless who looks like a 17 year old as opposed to one who looks like in his mid-20s or something so I think it works for him as a character and like the persona that he's created. The gravitas. Yeah, yeah more exactly. brooding. More brooding. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with what you guys are saying necessarily. <laughs> However, <laughs> sweet, sweet, fresh face Ben Barnes. I mean, there is nothing cuter than his little smile. His little, oh, what a cherub. <laughs> I love him. I personally wanted him to not have a beard. I liked the flashback version where he had the real close double. Yeah. Like that's like peak Barnes to me. And I was like, <laughs> that could have been a whole season, but I could have gotten eight hours of peak Barnes. So I got 15 minutes. I feel robbed, but I do understand for his character and being the general, I would have made out with him though. If you brought me to the map room <laughs> during a party sure. that right now, 100%. <laughs> I wasn't I'm, in the books. I wasn't as big of a fan as the darkling as I was seeing, but like episode was soon as he shows up, I don't know. Episode two, I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay, I get it. Alina can go ahead. She's valid. What did you think, Eamon, about the like the way that he told her his name? Like in the show, he told her his name was Alexander. I saw Jenny shake her head. Jenny's already <laughs> should say shaking her head and saying no. It was kind of a surprise to me because I didn't expect like us like as viewers we'd know his name in season one or anything because in the books we know it in book. Three, I believe and it was just like this big anticipation like what's his name what's his name what's his first name and then it was just like immediately um given out like just call me Alexander and like throughout the books like he's he's we don't call him General Kerrigan or whatever it's the Darkling and like in the show whenever he's referenced to as the Darkling it's more of as an insult than as a title so it was just like oh like okay like because like it could have been like this big anticipating moment in like later seasons we could have had with his like name like I knew I was anticipating his name in the books and we didn't get that in the show and I was just like oh. I mean like, oh. it's okay but like <laughs> whatever I'll get over it what did you think Jenny same yeah. feelings so I had actually seen like an early version of that scene and I completely forgot that his name doesn't get revealed until much later so I was just like wrapped up in the idea of Ben Barnes saying call me Alexander like oh mouse but afterwards when I like tuned in I was like oh no they revealed it so soon and I was so upset because I was like it's just this like beautiful progression of you know turning this very mysterious character into something more human something more relatable and you know throughout the series he gets a little bit more humanized but also demonizes himself through his actions so getting to see that on the flip side while he does horrible things was like a really nice juxtaposition in the third book but getting it just like so easily in this first season I was like you show fans you know don't know the angst that we book fans do you know you didn't have to work for it 
one thing I thought was really funny was the first episode, they keep talking about like General Kerrigan. And I have just like Jane, just reread the book just in anticipation for this podcast series. And I was like, General Kerrigan. I was like, who the fuck is General Kerrigan? I just reread these books. Like, are you telling me I skipped a whole major character and I can't remember? And then he shows up and I was like, is his name General Kerrigan somewhere in the books? And I like had this whole like two episode thing where I was finally like, oh no, they're just calling him General Kerrigan in the show. Okay, now, okay, I see what you're doing. One thing that I will tell you guys is we did watch with someone who had never read the books and she didn't know he was evil. So she didn't know he was bad. And so my assumption is that they obviously made the show for fans and people who love the stories, but they also made the show for a huge swatch of people who have never, ever read any of the books. And so for them, she was getting to discover all of these things. And she's like, well, he seems like he's in love with her and he's really helping her. And like, she was really invested in the Darkling. And she's like, oh, but Mal, Mal's trying to help her from afar. And Alina doesn't know it. And she feels so alone, but he's so sweet. And like, so for her... I think if he had been called the Darkling, I almost feel like it would be like giving it away to a viewer who didn't know, hey, well, he could be, you don't know yet. Like he could be good. Because at that point, she doesn't know that he's the Black Heretic. And which kind of brings me to Bagra, speaking of the Black Heretic. What did you guys think of Bagra? I just said Bagra because I'm from the Midwest. But, but what did you guys think of Bagra? I... Is, ba- is it Bagra? I say Bagra. Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah. I was like, is it my accent? Bagra, Bagra. Bagra, Bagra, but I'm pretty sure it's Bagra. Okay. Okay, I'll just say Bagra. Okay, Okay. well, (laughs) I liked, I think the casting for her was done very well by, I don't know who the actress is who plays her. I feel like we could have had more scenes with her in the books. I, like, there was definitely, like, a, a big chunk of it was at the Little Palace. And I feel like with the show, it was obviously very like shorter and like cut through. And I feel like a different balance between uh, scenes in the Little Palace and in the woods. So I think we missed out on a lot of scenes with Bagra. Bagra. Um, I really enjoyed the ones that um, were given to us. I liked the scene, the flashback scene with the Darkling and Bagra and like her trying to convince them that like, oh, what you're doing is bad and blah, blah, blah. I really liked like personality in the books I liked how she's like this old cranky lady in the show that was kind of missing it was still there but it wasn't really like enunciated or like presented as much as it was in the books but like you know overall she felt I, a little I vivacious it. for me I thought she'd be more of an evil crone <laughs> by her little fire <laughs> yeah she like wants everything warm and everything but like if we were if there were any scenes with her it was just strict information and nothing more One thing I totally agree with what you just said about the little palace is I wanted a training montage. I'm a big training montage fan. I watch a lot of sports movies. I watch a lot of action movies. I was like, we need to see her with Botkin every morning, running and kicking and jumping and fighting with knives and like becoming a badass. We need to see her every, like we did see a bunch of more of her, like trying to call the sun and like slowly it getting bigger and bigger. So like, that was okay. But I was missing like, the her becoming strong and like dope. Like that's what I wanted to feel a little bit more. And also like, I love Botkin's character and he's like, I kick Mm -hmm. girl now. And I was like, I really wanted to feel that. He was there for like one scene. Yeah, Yeah. I'm hoping that in future seasons, he'll be there. Cause they did pick an actual actor who like I recognize and know, and he's very good. So my hope is that in future seasons, the, the plan is that he'll be a bigger part as they go forward and he meets like Tamar and Toya and they like trains, like the kids and everything. But I, I totally agree with you. Like I wanted a little bit more of the evolution of her at the little palace and sort of shining into her power. Oh, speaking of power, Jenny, what did you think about the fact that, or the evolution of how her power looked on camera? I wasn't the biggest fan of like the visual effects that they did for her, for the power. Something about just the way it shines out of her looks a little like cheesy and agreed yeah so yeah I wasn't the biggest fan of that I think rather than her face like glowing so much it could have just like you know appeared out of her or something I don't know but it's also interesting because like they have to make it super visual whereas in the books you know it's very internal the power becoming stronger so yeah it was strange I totally agree at the beginning it was like I was like what well what's going on with this budget what's happening with this CGI? <laughs> 
last episode, we were talking to thoughts on tomes and she was saying, we were, you know, discussing, we were thinking that maybe it was because at the beginning, it's very uncontrolled. So it's just like, like full hundred glow but then at the end when she creates the light bridge it's like she's like faintly glowing and then there's this like beautiful sort of latticed looking sun situation so we're like maybe they're trying to like differentiate like pure sunlight no filter to like her control that was my only thought because I was worried that it would be like that all the time but later in the book she doesn't like aggressively shine in that manner yeah, I didn't realize she didn't shine as much later on. And you already watched it two whole times. I know. <laughs> I think I'm so focused on the fact yeah. that she was like bright white when she like glowed. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, and some scenes, especially when they're presenting in front of the King of the Queen, that was beautifully done in my opinion. Like, as you said, like the light, like surrounding her, I think was done well. It was nice and pretty, but like her herself, she kind of looked like a glow stick. I yeah. wish it was more like, <laughs> wispy and whimsical and stuff and like uh glitter and I don't know but like it was just she looked very pale when she was glowing so it was just like you said where's the budget like is the Netflix doing this like where's the money at (laughs) oh my god speaking of that scene that brings me perfectly into some of our favorite characters the crows and Inej's face while she's watching Alina at the fete and I was just like be still my heart I love you so much so obviously, guys who've read the books, obviously they're not in the original trilogy. I guess we'll start with you, Eamon. Like, what did you think about them adding it in? How it worked? Did you feel, were you getting the vibe? Like, what was your thought? So like, I know this first season's focused on the first book. I do like and enjoyed the way that they combined both stories. Because like, this takes place two years before the events in Ketterdam and everything. So essentially, it is like a prequel to like the Crow's story. I feel like we didn't get much of like an introduction to each character's like backstory and personality because this is like mostly centered around Alina and Mal and the Darkwing and whatnot and their story. I feel like towards the end, like it's kind of hard to predict where this is going to go in season two because it feels like now it's going to be the start of the Crow's story and then Siege and Storm. And I don't know how they'd combine that it would be weird or like are they going to I don't know but I like a lot of like the fandom said like oh we're missing that gangster criminal feel from Kaz and everything but like it is Alina's story in the first season so it's kind of expected that like we're not going to get like a full-on character development specifics or anything from these characters as a person that's read the book you can like nitpick and see because you know these characters and see how they develop and everything and how they work with one another you can kind of like see how or understand how they're feeling and with their actions and everything especially like that scene when Anage gets stabbed and then Kaz just kind of looks at her but like you know as if somebody hadn't read the books they wouldn't know that that's triggering to Kaz but like as a person that has read the books like it's really cool to see this come about and like it's almost like you know a secret that's not there so like I'm just really excited for season two I just hope you know they keep the stories um together in a way that worked in like in season one how about you Jenny how do you feel about the crows I love them obviously I love my crows and I actually really liked how they kind of wove the story into the shadow and bone storyline in a very kind of natural way for the shadow and bone timeline like they use very small aspects from the book like the performers at the fete and you know it ends up being the crows that are there or just like the idea of like Alina being you know someone that everyone wants a piece of and so they're obviously after the money so I just loved all that and like Also the idea of like Alexi, who's like this very, very minor character at the beginning of Shadow and Bone, who dies on the skiff. And the fact that he, you know, stays alive and ends up taking this information away and connects to the Crow storyline, I thought it was just so cool how they tied everything together. Like as a fan of both the series, I thought it was cool. And then I, I just loved how like they kind of used Alina's story as this kind of backdrop for some of the like things that the Crows were going through. Like the whole idea of faith that has and Inej kind of argue over throughout the entire season. Like, I love that because it's something that they argue over in Six of Crows. And just getting to see them in like kind of extra content was just really fun. Like, I just love the characters. So seeing them in any kind of light was just a lot of fun. And I think to Eamon's point, like you, to a certain extent, don't know too much about the Crows from this one, you know, TV show season. You don't know about Kaz's like aversion to touch and like you don't know their full backstories. But I think it's like exciting to kind of get these little tastes. And for the people who only have seen the show, 
like in later seasons when they do learn these like backstories they'll be like oh my god like I didn't catch this at the beginning so I think it'll just be really exciting and I'm excited to see how they're gonna take it in the next seasons and like if they're gonna you know as Damon was saying like combine the season storm and six of crows storyline or like I have a theory that they might even like push the six of crows storyline a little bit further and create more extra content to kind of tie in with siege and storm and ruin and rising so I'm excited to see like what they'll just end up doing which would be so exciting if they did push it and we got more like what I really want in my heart of hearts is I really want to see a bank heist so desperately (laughs) passionately I want to see a bank heist and also get more like Nina kind of getting into the crows and like what she does when she gets to Ketterdam and Eamon I really liked what you said uh, like a secret that isn't there it's kind of like little easter eggs for the fans but also like Jenny said like things that uh, other fans can look back on and be like oh I didn't catch that and the guy that plays Kaz Brecker I'm blanking on his name right now um, Freddie Carter there you go I knew know they knew everyone dear listeners you guys heard them snap it it's Freddie Carter it's Freddie Carter but he does these like great moments like when anyone touches him he does this quick little like look at them like he immediately feels unsettled and if you do look closely you can notice that uh, I saw somebody describe this really well online just how the crows are at this because it Bridget knows that originally I was one of the people like where why isn't Kaz like making funny jokes and like being cool and mean like why isn't he doing like that but I actually like this prequel version of him I saw someone describe it really well which was they are they fail spectacularly but they're extremely proficient in doing so, which is really good because they all, like, their skills are really showcased in a really cool way. Like, Inej's little dancey dance around people and being silent. And she stabs the Darkling. Oh, like, yeah. she that was the best stabs, part. She she stabs him. That, that yeah, whole and the, scene on the skiff. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, and Jesper with the, the gunshot hitting somebody, like, in the same exact place over and over again. And I really like the part at the end with Milo the Goat, hard eyes for Milo the Goat. I like that at the end of that scene where I think it's Ivan is like, oh, you're, and then Jesper goes, shh, and clocks him upside the head. Because <laughs> he's about to say, like, you know, his secret abilities that we don't find until later. I thought that was such a fun little extra thing. And then Kaz, like, beating the crap out of, of Ulkra. And also evading the Darkling's cut with, like, a smoke bomb. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh my gosh, love that scene. I think that she got thrown <laughs> yeah. out was so was, cool. I thought the crows, all three of them fighting the Grisha was really cool because in the book, eventually Mal like learns how to and practices fighting Grisha. But I loved that they all like, you know, I think Nez says something like, you know, he's an inferny so don't dick around basically is what she's saying like <laughs> get to cut to the chase and don't fuck around yes and i like that all of them are like using their skills to get around whatever the grisha power is or to confront the grisha power head on and i feel like that was like so fun to see and even like Kaz like he always has like one more scheme which i just absolutely love about him from the books and i thought that this show did too is like, even though he doesn't get Alina, he still has the next scheme ready to try and get her again. Like he's still ready to keep on going. He's like, well, it didn't work. However, I already knew that, you know, that guy was, I saw there were two captas and I saw that this, and then I was just like, why don't you tell me? He's like, shh, shh, shh. So like, I don't tell him my schemes, I'm Kaz. And, and I, I think I told Jane this in one of our earlier episodes, like to me, it feels like he's like getting to the Kaz level of the books. Like he's got two more years of schemes to go before he's all the way there. She has two more years to get to Wraith status. Like, you know, Jesper has two more years of like gambling addiction and just charm (laughs) to get to his status where he's headed in the books. And obviously like Nina has to join the Crows. In terms of what you were talking about, Jenny, and and your hopes for where it will go, I'm going to say right here, 100% certainty, it will not be the Six of Crows book lined up with book two. 100% certainty. It will be a prequel still of their story because Matthias or Matthias, however you say his name, has to be in jail for quite some time. And so it won't make sense if all of a sudden he's out and part of the gang. And Nedge said something like, I want to go back and see Helene's face when we give her the diamond and or the ruby or whatever it is and all this stuff. So I definitely think we'll still be prequel status. And my hunch is that we will spend significantly more time in Ketterdam for season two and that they will somehow 
be like paralleling or helping somehow with a scheme to help Alina from afar or help Sturm, Sturmhold, Sturmhold. Sturmhold from afar. Sturmhold, yeah. I don't know why I can't pronounce anything, you guys. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, all right. it's like I didn't even watch the show. <laughs> and that they will be helping him from afar. But my hunch is that Rose will remain in Ketterdam for at least the majority of season two. You heard it here first, you right. guys. Yeah. I'm not friends with the showrunner, but that is my guess. <laughs> I feel like that's a strong, like, theory. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even think of a theory. Like, I can't even put anything together. I think just, that's just me just, like, being dumb or something. Yeah. But that right there has got me thinking that, yeah. like, it's, I believe you. <laughs> oh, thank I you. Really- I say things with with a lot of certainty, <laughs> and then it feels like I know what I'm talking about, even if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for Nikolai. I he's my favorite character of the Shadow and Bone books. I'm obsessed with him. Every single scene with him is amazing. I'm praying that the casting is good, and I'm praying that they do like an actual love square thing between like Darkling, Nikolai, Mal, and Alina. I want to see it. That's why I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> I want them yeah. all to be pulling her. And one thing I would like to know is what are your thoughts about let's just keep on future proofing because why not let's just stay in the future so in the future Nikolai gives Mal a lot of shit and it's kind of mean to him and he's like well she's never gonna end up with you brah I'm a prince (laughs) and I'm gonna be king and do you think that Mal this Mal from the tv show not book Mal will be jealous or do you think he'll just be like whatever bro like I know she loves me like it's cool what do you think I think he'd be jealous. Maybe he'd try to like come across as like, I don't care. But like deep down, he'd be jealous. I want to see that happen. I feel like that's like, that that would be a good trope to put in the TV show. It would be more entertaining to see. I, like Jane said, I love Nikolai. He is my favorite character. Any scene that he was in Shadow, a Bone trilogy, I loved it. It just kept me going because like I definitely enjoyed the duology better than the trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to get through the trilogy for me, but anytime there was a scene with Nikolai, I was like paying attention. <laughs> me too. So, same. Exactly yeah, same. I I want him to like jealous. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted you to just stop and be like, yeah, I, I want, want him. him. Yeah, I'm just like that's That's the All the chaos, all the drama, I want it. Yeah. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope-ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Rich, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. Speaking of just like simmering chemistry, Nina and Matthias. Oh my God. Wowza. Why don't you tell her our special, special guests? Okay, Jane, let them have it. Nina is my one true love. She is the joy of my life. She is my reason for existing. As soon as she showed up, my brain turned to sludge and I could think no longer until she was once again in my presence, until I was once again beholding her. Let me just look at my notes real quick. I'm getting too excited. Okay, first of all, I think just plot-wise, it was really great to see Nina and Matthias' story play out while everything else was going on because it was a good break from the tension. It was a good, like, oh, I'm excited to see what happens next in the other plot lines. But then also it was, like, just good to see, like, a, like a solid C-plot, you know, between the two of them and, like, the anticipation of how they're going to fit into the story. I think that Matthias is cast also perfectly. He is the cutest face <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And Jenna, you said that you're a big fan of facial hair, but how about chest hair that came out of nowhere for no reason? I was like, okay, I'm here for it. <laughs> Absolutely. And okay, favorite scene of the whole thing. I love the scene where it's towards the end-ish of their story. And she's like, oh, you're like afraid to like me or whatever. And he's like, I do like you. 
and she is like is that so bad and he answers yes and she's like why and he gets up in her space and it's like because you're horrible you're loud and you're lewd and you're treacherous but his voice gets all soft mm-hmm. and he's looking mm-hmm. at her mm-hmm. so tenderly mm-hmm. and I was like oh to be called treacherous by a flustered himbo someone call me treacherous slide <laughs> to my dms and call me treacherous because I'm here for it <laughs> Oh my gosh. Jenny, what do you think? I loved them. They were adorable. Yeah, I loved seeing them like it was they were like a nice, as you said, C plot to the story. And I just loved getting to see like all these scenes that were flashbacks in Six of Crows, like earlier on. And their chemistry was just fantastic. I did have a friend who had read only the Six of Crows like duology and not the Shadow and Bone series, and he was saying how he wished that Matthias had more facial hair so he was kind of on my side um because he just imagined him as this big burly guy (laughs) but I do think that they cast like both of them really well and like I think Nina stole the show in every scene that she was in she's just so fantastic and I just can't wait to see her like in the Six of Crows storylines because it's gonna be fantastic I love them they're my favorite couple in the Grisha verse everything I love them so much and I really liked this, like, I, their casting was done really well, in my opinion. They had great chemistry, and I definitely love the scenes in which, like, after they got out of the water and they were in that tent fold type thing that we, like, saw in the books. Those were my, like, favorite scenes, and they were, like, huddled together under, like, the same blanket. It was just, like, and we saw those certain lines and quotes that they had said in those scenes in the books, like, come to life in the TV show. That, I, I loved that. I loved it completely. <laughs> yeah, they, they do the line, like, uh, something, something I can't believe so much stupid could be in, like, such a tall frame or something mm-hmm. like that. I was yeah, like, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Like, you know, like, all that clicking and everything coming together. I really, obviously, know their storyline, but I was also really sad when they were having mm. their waffles. And I was like, can't even finish their waffles? I was like, they got a Fedor. She's on a date. Yeah. She's on a date <laughs> with the beautiful Fyrdin who might want to murder her. Come on. Yeah, like mind your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's not ruining it for the rest. I wanted a kiss. Speaking of kissing, me and Jane, right before this, we're talking about how there's not that much kissing. So the Darkling and Alina obviously have like a couple kisses, that nice makeout scene. But she Alina never kisses Mal. Nina and Matthias never kiss, right? Yeah. I was actually confused. Oh, Jesper does have a hot interlude and with the stable boy. And good for him. Good for him. Good yes. for him, I say. That was a lovely scene. I forgot about Jesper. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Kaz and Dinesh don't kiss and hopefully won't kiss for like five seasons until yeah. we all can't <laughs> handle it anymore and we scream yeah. until they... I was actually confused whether or not Mal and Alina were like actually together. And I still am a little bit. Well, I don't... Well, for me, at least, it felt like they were... It's like when you have like a soulmate and you're like, but right now we are on mm-hmm. the run and like we're soulmates and I'll be beside you, but we have bigger problems. <laughs> like people are trying to kill us. So bigger problems right. than kissing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, Jane from this podcast, I do not think there are bigger problems. I think they could have shacked <laughs> up on that boat quite happily. It is YA though, and we must wait True. for the nookie True. until later <laughs> in the series. The orchard. Until there's an orchard involved. An mm. empty manor house, a crackling <laughs> fireplace, <laughs> setting the mood, imminent death, the possibility. One must taste right. the forbidden fruit before we all die. <laughs> or maybe win. Exactly. We don't know. <laughs> I, the reason why I love these books so much is because Lee Bardugos does a great job of showing so much intimacy in all different shapes and forms without it being physical, like especially with Kazan and Age and like later throughout the story, like not in the show, but in the books, like good of a relationship they build within one another and the healing that they go through. I'm excited to see that in the show. It would suck if like it was pretty immediate. I feel like that would just like deter the purpose of like how intimate they were without ever being physical. It's one of the best relationships I've ever read in like, all of reading and everything because it's just so raw and real without like it being like you know kisses and hearts and butterflies everywhere it's just it's so good and I can't wait to see that I was really happy to note that they did not touch at all this whole show not at all which I was really happy about because I think as an actor in general who 
you know, you all become friends. It's like summer camp. These guys went away for five months and they were dressed <laughs> up in fun costumes and they were just like <laughs> fucking around in Europe, having the best time of their lives. And I think I'm sure they built quite a familiarity of like hugging and jumping on each other and everyone, like you could see from the photos they all post on Instagram, like they're having a great time. And I think it could have been easy for one of them to make a mistake where they like reach out just out of like familiarity and, and not noticing or not thinking about it. And I think they did both did such a good job of like being very firmly their character, but also even Inej and Jesper don't touch hardly. I don't, I mean, I think they like brush against each other like once in the whole show. Right. And I think it's great that all of them like are respecting their boundaries and recognize that there are lines that like they are not ready to cross yet. And then right. I, of course, as like a fan of the book, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like I want it to be excruciating to watch them. Yeah. Inch the closer, inch is still closer, there. inch closer. Right. I mean, I want it over like three seasons. Like I want mm-hmm. it to be so mm-hmm. bad by like <laughs> season four burn. that I yeah. want yeah. If someone doesn't touch an ungloved hand, (laughs) I I will lose my God. Yeah, mind. That's what I want. I actually don't want like anything even by the end. Like, because we don't actually get anything except for that very small. Yeah. 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 That bathroom scene. The bathroom scene is basically like, I don't want anything more than that. You cannot, you know. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We deserve it. Yeah. We've been waiting. (laughs) We've been suffering. (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah yeah well the ending is so i think they ended on the perfect perfect Mm -hmm. scene which was wasn't it just the ending was just a darkling and like the soldiers don't ask me to pronounce what they're called because i'm not gonna do it (laughs) i can't do it uh like shooting out of the fold as he like walks i was like "Mm, yes that was such a good cliffhanger Jenny, what did you think about his scars? Jane's hoping that we keep the scars, but he is Grisha and has access to tailors. So he could easily tailor them away. He's dramatic. He likes some flair. He He does like flair. He he does keep some of them in in the book, from what I can remember, I feel like. I I don't remember remember him having scars, but I did read them pretty quickly. But yeah, I think they should keep them for the next season like even if he's going to tailor away a bit of it I feel like there should still be some sort of like a remnant left behind yeah true just to get make him more have you guys watched the Punisher speaking of Ben Barnes with scars no (laughs) okay well if you don't like incredibly violent shows it's not for you however if you do enjoy gratuitous violence it's a great show I highly recommend seasons one and two and he is the villain of season two and it is amazing. You also get to watch him have sex on TV. And I was not <laughs> mad at it at all. Um, but I say this because he is the character Jigsaw from the comics. And so he mm. has a lot of scars all over mm. his face. So just in case you're into a little bit of kink with Ben Bards with scars on his face, you're welcome, dear listeners. You're welcome. As always, I deliver the quality content that you are looking for. Okay, you guys, we're wrapping up our time here last thoughts are there any scenes that you're like your favorites that you're like we didn't talk about this scene yet any characters that you're like we didn't really get into Zoya and Jenny and David that much obviously they're important characters for the whole series but last thoughts yeah Zoya and we've been saying this before but I'm gonna say it again because I'm really really happy with what they did with her because I in the books she is developed really well and I really loved her character in the second and third books but in the first book she gets really nasty treatment with like the hysterical mean girl who only cares about the dude and is gonna break Alina's ribs for no reason just because the Darkling likes her but in this I like that you get to see what Zoya thinks of the Darkling and what she thought was going on between them. And I like you get to see her kind of losing that power. I like you get to see her alone as a soldier with her own motivations. And interesting, I would like to know what you think about the Zoya and Delina hug at the end of the first book, because I was taken aback. Or at the end yeah. of the show. Oh, yeah. End of the show. Yeah. I, I thought it was, like, interesting. And it like, kind of made yeah. sense because of, like, the whole team up at the end on, on the skiff and, like, Inej and the crows all helping Zoya out, right? So I think it, like, speaks towards, like, them being better friends in the later books. But you can also see, like, Zoya is just, like, no, stop. Like, please don't hug me. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I think true. it made sense. Yeah, I didn't mind it too much. In the first book, Zoya is, like, the typical mean girl and everything. I didn't mind it. It was all right. But I do like Zoya's character a lot. She's very relatable. She's very cool. So I can't wait to see, like, her 
more of a character development in season two. Yeah, I hope she gets kind of her own little plot in season two, hopefully, or maybe a little more. Yeah, her man's coming in season two. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I haven't read about them yet, but I'm excited. Yeah. The only reason I didn't mind the hug was because right before she hugs her, she's like, I still don't like you. I think you're terrible. (laughs) However, I recognize that is Zoya to a T. We need you. Yeah. Yeah. And so go get some power, heal up your wounds, and then come back and like, we're gonna like bring this shit down together. And that was the only reason I was like, okay, it's a little hug. I also thought like the, just talking about that ending scene where they're all sitting around, like what a fun way to connect all of them together rather than have Alina betray all the other Grisha and leave them all to their deaths to save Mal and herself like they all fight together to get the darkling off the skiff and then she saves everyone like they all work together to save each other but like she saves everyone with the light and brings them all out i thought that was a great change in her character and then having like that moment where they all get to kind of like debrief the heist like how do we do (laughs) 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 like you know she's like are you gonna kidnap me still (laughs) like no 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 of course not (laughs) then he's like well (laughs) she's like i have priceless diamonds for you yeah <laughs> Will this change your mind? <laughs> and then I did enjoy that they all like obviously we know it you know uh, Alina and Mal are going to be on a boat for a, a significant point portion of the beginning of the next series mm-hmm. and I liked that they were all in the same boat though mm-hmm. but like pretending they didn't know each other but then yes. Nina here is like oh you need a heart render and she's such a spy she's like hmm? <laughs> oh okay well now I know how I can get in with them and they can help me with Matias and like you can see the like how it's all fitting yeah, together all clicking and, and everything yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. just like I think in general this series just like filled me with so much joy because mm-hmm. I was I'm always like so 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 cautious with my optimism before I go into anything I'm like super excited for I'm like okay remember it's gonna be different that's fine <laughs> and then remember like you might not like some parts of it and that would be okay too and my husband was watching me watch the show on the couch. And I was just like grinning ear to ear. Like I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they were like climbing on top of me. And I was like, you guys need to shut up. I'm turning on subtitles. <laughs> and my husband's like, how's the show going? And I was like, it's going wonderfully. I'm going to watch another episode. I don't need to parent them. It's the- <laughs> They'll be fine. You can take them into their room and play with them. I am having my me time with this television show right now. Uh, and I just like the whole way through, like the, for me the addition of the prequel of the crows kept it fresh because mm-hmm. I already knew the plot I already knew where they would end up or close to where they'd end up but like it kept it fresh because I was like oh like how is this going to change so like there were so many little nuggets there's so many little changes yeah. and there was so much like you know I keep, I keep joking with Jane it's like we're having this emotional thing ding 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 it's time and for it's a caper and I just a general like Thank you guys for coming on and geeking out about this with us. Like, of course. So fun. Yeah, what a thank fun you for having us. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It's so fun to be here. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off? Leave the world, you know, behind. <laughs> <laughs> no mourners? No, no, no mourners. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that we heard that scene. What a, what a cherry. All yeah. right, everybody. That is all the time we have for today. So until then, your books for your lover. And YA, your best friend. Bye. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.